Last week, we were talking in our message, and I talked about this week, we're going to talk about a little series. We're going to talk about how to live a better life, how to live a God life. So I want to open up with a parable of the sower, and I'm going to start in just a little bit. I'm going to tell you the story, and then we're going to jump like midway into it. But in Mark chapter 4, verse 3, Jesus is saying out of the New Living Translation, it says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. So the picture we get is, I'm not ready for that yet, the the picture we get is a plant, a, a farmer out there, okay? So we've all seen pictures or we've all seen situations like that. So he's out there and he's digging the, the rows and he's getting it all there and he's going to plant something out here. But Jesus says, no, this, this is a different kind of planting. He's planting and as he's going, some of it's falling on the road as he's going. So it's just falling down. Other of it fell on rocky ground. So it's all stony and there's like, it can't go down in deep. And then there's some that there's, it's like all grown up and there's thorns all around it. And then there's some that's the good soil. So it's the rich, the black that you see the nice rose and it just, you can spread it easily with your hand and put the seed in there and push it back in there. But Jesus said this particular farmer was actually going out and he was just throwing seed everywhere he went was seed. But some of it fell by the road, some of it on rocky ground, some of it amongst the thorns, but some of it on good soil. Jesus went on to say that everything in life has to do with sowing. Everything is about sowing seeds. So the disciples are sitting there scratching their head, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us. So here's where we pick up with the screen. Verse 13, then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this, how will you understand everything else? How will you understand the entirety of what God is trying to tell you? Because everything has to do with sowing seeds. It continues, the farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the path represents those that hear the message only to have Satan come at once and to take it away. The seed of the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 18, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by worries of this life, the lure of wealth, or the desires of other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100% times as much as had been planted. So Jesus is breaking it down for them there. And I, I just really, it just jumped out at me. Verse 19, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by worries. I struggle with worries. I'm sure none of you do. The need for wealth, and we've got to make a living, we've got to pay the rent, we've got to, that's kind of tied right in there with the worries. The desires for other things. There's plenty of things that are pulling me and pulling us to the other side, but what's happening to the Word of God that's inside of us? So the first point that we have, if you're taking notes, 
If we want to live a God kind of life, we see here that it starts with the seed. But that seed, I'm going to suggest to you, we have to control our thoughts. Point number one is we have to control our thoughts. You may have seen this quote before. I heard it from Pastor Chris Hodges. It said, sow a thought and you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit and you reap a lifestyle And you sow a lifestyle and you reap your destiny. Notice it starts with a thought and it ends with destiny. So you can't just jump into a habit right away. You can't jump into a lifestyle right away. It all begins with a thought. Then that thought, if you take action upon it, then you're able to go into a habit. If you don't ever take action on it, I can want to go to the gym forever and ever in a day. And if I never take action, and it'll never be a habit for me. Never, if it never becomes a habit, it'll never become a lifestyle. And then I'm not going to change my destiny. Isn't that just like what we see in every part of our life? Our thoughts begin our destiny. Your life will be marked by how well you do this habit. Isn't that amazing to think about? Your life will be determined and marked by how well you do this habit, controlling your thoughts. None of us will ever change our lives until we change the way we think. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 2 in the message says, Wise thinking leads to right living. If you don't think the right way, if you don't harness that, if you don't focus on that, and again, we see that that's a seed that comes into our lives. Your life doesn't change in the doing. It changes in the thinking. Somehow we think that we can just jump right into the middle of that and say, okay, I've got all these actions going over here. That's going to change my life. But if we don't start with how we think, We'll never make it to the action. Proverbs 23 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It all begins with a thought. Romans 12, verse 2. I have so many scriptures this morning. I'm not going to apologize. I'm really excited about that. But I have a lot. It says, Do not copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by Changing the way you think. The only way we're going to get moved into a new person is by changing the way we think. Point number two, what we think determines how we feel. What we think determines how we feel. If you don't like where you're going, you need to change your thinking. Romans 8, verse 6, and the last part of that says, But let the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. But letting the Spirit control your mind. That means we've got to change how we're doing this. I want you guys to all go through this exercise with me. I heard this 25 years ago at Christ for the Nations on a Tuesday night. It's one of the top messages I've ever heard in my life. So close your eyes with me. I want, to t- I want to take you through the same exercise that he did with me. Think back one year ago today. So today is the 12th of March. So think back 12th 
of March 2016. And think about that thing that caused you not to have a good day. That thing that made you worry. That thought, that situation. Think about that specific thing on that specific day that just ruined your week. Can anybody think of that? I can't either. So the question is, if I won't remember what's bothering me today, one year from today, the same way I can't remember last year, you can open your eyes. Why should I let it ruin today? Why should I let what's coming against me change the way I think and feel today? It's so inconsequential that one year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, I won't even remember it. We need to harness that. What you think determines how you feel. Point number three. Your thoughts determine where you will be this time next year. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, the New Living, Test, New Living Translation says, We are human, but we do not wage war as humans. So he's saying, we're Christians, we've accepted the name of Christ, we're trying to walk on this path of God, but we're not going to do it the same way that the humans do. We're not going to do what's natural to us. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Here we go. We capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Another translation says, we take it captive the thoughts that come into our minds. Now, we can't control the thoughts that come into our minds. Some of it's stuff we are intentionally do. Some of it's the Spirit of God. And some of it is just the enemy that's coming in to try and mess with us. So we know that God created us with a three-part being. You may have heard this before. We are spirit, and we have a soul, and we have a body. Well, it's pretty easy to see the body, right? It's our flesh and blood. We can pinch that real easily. We know what the body is. And the spirit is that place where God lives inside of us. What I want to talk about this morning is the soul, which breaks down again into three, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Everybody's heard that before, or maybe you haven't, but this this is where we're going to look this morning. So our mind, our will, and our emotions. But look, the mind is where our thoughts are, Our emotions is where it goes to the next step. So if you think about a waterfall, and it starts up here, and it trickles down, it trickles down. It starts in the mind, and then it goes to our emotions. So if someone comes up and says something really bad to me, my initial thought is go, (gasps) and I'm taking it all in my mind, and if I don't grab it right there and go, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to allow that to go anywhere, it's going to go automatically fall down into my emotions. (gasps) I feel hurt. I feel sad. I feel betrayed. I feel all of these things. You with me? And when I feel that way, when I allow it to get to my emotions, the next place it flows to is mind, will, and emotions. It goes to my will. It goes to where I'm going. What direction am I going? Have you ever had something happen to you and your day started off wonderful? Something happens to you and immediately the rest of your day is just, oh, 
You with me? It's because we didn't take control of that thought, those things, that, that attack that came upon us, but rather we let it go to our emotions and then it changed our day from going the good place and now it's in the bad place. And once you're already in that emotional place and once you're already in that place where you're just going, your whole day is ruined. But we can take every thought captive. Second Corinthians in the Message Bible says this. We use our God, our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion, see, there's those words again, and impulse into the structure life shaped by Christ. Do we not have that one? Sorry. So, it's not on the screen, so you're going to follow with me a little bit easier with this. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of a life shaped by Christ. Isn't that what we've been talking about? We want to have a life that is shaped by Christ. We talked about last week that we can be sitting in that boat and if there's nothing going on, the, the, the lake is smooth, the, it, there's a current. That boat is going to go a direction. The world will take us a direction. We actually have to put intentionality with, with rowing to go a, the way we want to go. We will be pulled another way. We want to live the Christ-like way. We want to choose the path of God. And it says that we have to fit every loose thought, emotion, an impulse into the structure. Another one says, judge it against the word of God. So how do we do this? How do we control our thoughts? First of all, by Bible reading and meditation. So I'll read a scripture, and we've talked about this before. If you've got just 15 minutes a day, spend five minutes reading the Bible, five minutes praying, and five minutes thinking about what you read. So read the one-year Bible, read the Psalms, read the proverb for the day. There's 31 Proverbs, so today is the 12th. Read Proverbs 12 today. It doesn't take that long. And then think about what God is saying in that. And then pray. Spend 15 minutes bringing that all together. Ephesians 6 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. There is a whole other world that's going on besides what we see here. We're never fighting against flesh and blood. I brought us several different scriptures to look at that, but this one like lays it out. In another translation it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So it means any struggle you have in your life, any struggle at all you have in your life, is not flesh and blood. So if Andrew says something really poor to me, and he says something that makes me get really angry or hurt, or he says something that's an attack upon me and it's like this, where my intention may be to punch Andrew because he's flesh and blood. I would never punch Andrew because he is my flesh and blood. But where my intentions would be in the carnal to hit him, the Bible says what is going on is not Andrew in flesh or in blood, but it's actually an attack. 
It's something that's trying to attack my mind. But if I control and take captive my mind, then I can recognize that Andrew, or whoever the person is, is being used as if something is trying to move my emotions, trying to move my will away from the will of God. You guys getting that? Am I, am I like trying to, I'm trying to nail that down several different ways. But we wrestle not. We're not going to have anything. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're going to jump back to Matthew 7. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, Jesus is talking here, can be compared to the wise man who builds his house on the rock. And This is one of my favorite scriptures. Of course, our name is Church on the Rock. That man's building his house on the rock. It's kind of where we're getting it from. Okay, But I love to keep coming back to this because you've got two houses. One's built on the rock. One's built on the sand. The same storm comes to both of them. The same storm's going to come to every one of us attacking our mind, trying to get to our emotion that's going to try and alter our will from serving God and following God to not, to just being destroyed. Verse 25. The winds, the rain, the flood came, and they slammed against the house, yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears the words of mine, God saying, listen to what I'm saying, and does not act on them, is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the same rains fell, and the same floods came, and the same winds blew and slammed against the house, and it fell. Because of the, and the great was its fall. Ephesians six thirteen in the New Living Translation says this. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be able to stand firm. See, we're all going to have the battles that come against our houses. God wants us to be able to resist the enemy. How are we going to resist the enemy? Where's the first place he comes? He tries to sow a seed by sowing our thoughts. He's coming after our brain because if he can get in our brain, if we'll allow him a place there, then it drops down that waterfall into our emotions. We go, well, I just don't like the way they talk to me. Well, I just don't like the way she said that or the way he said that. Or do you know, did you see how he looked at me? And it just drops in our emotions. And then, oh, I'm hurt. I'm going to call up everybody I know. And I'm going to tell him what a terrible person he is. And it's not that person. It's not even that situation. It is an attack. On our mind, trying to sow a seed because Jesus said everything is about seed and harvest. If the seed is planted that is bad in my mind, what is the harvest going to be? It's not going to be following God. Bow your heads with me. But if we control our thoughts... We win the battle. That scripture, the end of it says, then after the battle, you will be able to be standing firm. I want my house to stand after the storm. Because it's not a question if a storm will come. 
It's not a question if difficulties will come my way. It's not a question if some seeds will be tried to be sown in my mind to cause me to get angry or to think it's that person. It's a matter of when they come. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm if you resist the the enemy. Father God, we just pray this morning. And Lord, I receive the challenge of your word to control my thoughts. Father God, I, I choose to know that how I think determines how I feel. And my thoughts determine where I'll be this time next year. I know that I need to read the Bible more. I need to meditate on what you're saying. And those are the tools you've given me. Lord, I ask for everyone in the sound of my voice. Father God, that we will control our thoughts and win the battle and stand firm. I don't know where you are right now in your life. Where this message finds you. You may say, Pastor Kevin, I'm far from God. I don't know how to control my thoughts. I don't know how to listen to God. I don't know how to do any of the stuff you're talking about. And today may be the day that you're ready to surrender your life to Christ. If that's you, we're going to pray in just a minute. Or you might say, I, I've kind of knew Jesus at one point, but I'm not really on the greatest of terms with him right now. I've missed it. I've allowed these things to drop from my mind into my emotions and it's changed the whole way I walk. I, man, things have happened to me in church that's made me not even want to go to church anymore or anything to do with God. We're going to pray for all these situations. Father God, for everyone who finds himself in a place needing you, whether it's a first-time convert or someone coming back to you, I ask you, Father, to draw them to yourself. Just pray this prayer with me if that's you. God in heaven, I ask you to come in and help me to control my thoughts, to listen to your ways, to follow your instructions. I choose Jesus and receive him as my Savior. Help me to walk on the path you have and show me what every next step is. In Jesus' name I pray.